Hey, remember to subscribe and follow my podcast so when I release a new episode, you get a notification. And follow me on Instagram. Yes, King Oliver. I am very active on there. Have a great day and enjoy the episode. Okay, so I've not done it this way before, but I want you to say whatever comes into your head and just flow with the conversation now. Oh, I love it. I'm down for this. You know, it's funny. I was actually thinking about talking about what is uh, the embodiment of my highest self this morning. That question was kind of circulating in my mind. So I'd love to share that with you. Go on. Do it. Talk. Yeah. So basically, um, so I was thinking this morning about um, how can I embody my highest self, especially during periods of time where we're going through so much change in the world. Um, and for me, what kind of came through my meditation this morning was embodying our highest self is allowing what is ever presentingly happening in the present moment that we're honoring it and we're just taking one step forward in that moment. I feel like sometimes we like overcomplicate things so much as human beings. Um, but that just really came through when I was going through this morning on my walk. I was thinking about how could I um, embody my highest self every single day. And I think really like what it comes down to is just being present and just flowing into what feels good in every present moment. What do you feel about that? Yeah, so um, I, I'd always work for myself growing up and I could just get up when I wanted to go for a walk or when I wanted to come back when I wanted. I was so free and then I got a, my first ever part-time job and because I was walking around the restaurant all the time, I stopped going on my evening walks and I loved them and I didn't realise until I hadn't been going on my evening walks for months and months and months how shit I felt. Like, it's incredible. It's As you said, it's a drug, it's medicine that you don't realise you're taking until you stop and I stopped going on my walks and... I just became stressed, angry. You just, and like, it's, you get more tired. So you, I go into bed because I've been walking around all day and I'll be too tired to walk. But it's not just the, the, the walking into the place where you meditate that's powerful. It's, it's the energy you get. It's the energy that you need, not just necessarily walking and exercise, which is why I used to go on a walk. And I realized that when I meditate or I just sit on a park bench in the middle of nowhere, it is incredible. It does amazing stuff to your energy like as you know nature has a certain vibration different to city or trains and house and stuff and it's only mm. when you're you've you've been in that vibration long enough you really know the difference to when you go back in a house and it is phenomenal the difference between being in nature and just going indoors like you feel the lights you feel the tv people noise it's just fucking it's not supposed to be like that and so yeah it's powerful it's a it's a drug free it drug. is it's so powerful well, I find too, because our world is so predominant and it's shifting now, but our world is more predominant in sort of the masculine energy, sort of that like active sun energy, the massive flow and like execution, like activity, whereas nature is more in that feminine energy. It's that intuitive sort of resting, calming sort of space. And I think because like we're so um, programmed to sort of operate on that masculine flow of energy, especially the way that we've been ingrained, it's been ingrained into us since we were little honoring that feminine flow and connecting back into it, connecting back into nature is like really, really essential. And I agree with you, like Eckhart Tolle um, in The Power of Now, he talks about uh, a moment where he he sort of, I guess, like raised himself to a certain level of consciousness where he was just sitting on a park bench. And for the first time in his life, instead of just um, thinking about what he needed to be doing or thinking about what he had to do during the week, he was able to just be present. And he said he felt the most purest state of like, bliss just being in that moment and seeing people laughing and seeing the way that nature was moving and stuff and he said that that was when like it was sort of that turning point for him and his level of consciousness and understanding and I think that that applies to definitely what we're talking about too just being in nature and going for walks and stuff especially when you're starting to work being a teen and starting to work your first part-time job is not easy when you're starting to kind of just get used to that 
oh, I actually need to be doing something other than what I just want to do, you know, like I'm being forced to to work with other energies and stuff. Yeah, and that's the thing. What I found was when I did work, I was it was only like three, three, two, three years ago. So I'd never worked for anyone for myself. I went into a restaurant. They were like 16, 17, 18. It was like the job I should have done when I left school because I'd always worked for myself. I, I'd i never planned to get a job. So I literally was, I went back in time by like seven years and I saw what my life was like growing up seven years beforehand, but I was living it present. But it's almost like if I was to go back to the old me and think, why did you have no friends? Why were you annoying? Why didn't you fit in? What would you do differently? I could then teach myself at present with all these 16 17 18 year olds knowing the shit that they're going through and you know be the person that was liked whereas before I wasn't because I was working stuff out whereas when I was doing it I could look back and be like okay why were you annoying it's because you always went on and on and on don't go on you know and so literally it was kind of like give me a second chance to heal my childhood it really is fascinating how the world works um yeah so I find that for example when I meditate if I don't plan to think about something if you just meditate until you feel the urge to leave, things come. And like, for example, last night I went on a late night walk meditation. It was um is uh, 11, 11 o'clock, right? I normally go to bed at half eleven, but I've been in all day doing my Instagram and shit. Had to go out, and so I ended up getting back mm-hmm. at twelve thirty. And it's like the later it goes on through the night, the more people are asleep, the less human energies are out. So the yeah. more I can tune in. And I used to work late at night and I never understood why. And then somebody said it's because human EMF is down, which means I can penetrate easier. And it it just made so much sense. And it just comes to you. Things come to you that they only come to you when your brain is in a state of silence for long enough. Like we're always thinking so much to do. Got to do this, got to do that. Always in the past, always in the future. So we're never just silent long enough for a thought to come in. Um, And as you were saying... I've forgotten you talk <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I feel you I agree with you and I think someone um someone like myself who's been very like empathic a majority of her life it took me a long time to really um distinguish others energies that I was feeling versus my own and it was through like my practice with meditation and grounding and to be honest with you I actually utilize exercise as a form of meditation as well too like I really try to channel that extra energy and release it and I find that that can be really pivotal if I do like um like this morning, I went on a nice like long run out in nature um, and then after I meditated and just like allowing that excess energy to sort of be released prior to doing meditation for someone like myself who has a very active mind and imagination. It's been really beneficial for me in that way. Um, but I agree with you in regards to the nighttime thing. I don't know about you, but I've been like during 2 to 4 a.m. in the morning, sometimes I'll actually fall asleep prior to that. But I find that I if I wake up during those time periods, it, I'm wide awake wide awake and I just have this like creative energy flowing through me that I want to like start doing stuff I want to start writing blogs I want to start reading and I have to like I question myself sometimes like oh you probably should be going back to bed but it's true like the when everything's calm it's so much easier for especially when you are tapped in to really really tap in and receive those downloads and communicate with your guides and things yeah so the higher brain activity the more brain activity you have the more energy you release so the more energy you release the more energy comes back so it's this vicious cycle of charge that's why meditation for someone like us with active brains is crucial otherwise for me I would have killed myself because I couldn't shut the voice up and that voice is just brain neurons firing up the more you think the more they charge the more they charge the more you think so yeah meditation I had threats meditation healed it because 
meditation slowed my brain activity down and the twitching and the swearing was frustration for my thoughts. Is there a fucking God? How can there be a God? You tell me he's up in the sky. How the, what the fuck is it? You know, and like frustration mm. and the twitching is just your brain muscle using so much energy connected to all the other muscles. That's what the twitching was. And heal my Tourette's in three weeks because of meditation. And it is so powerful. And yet it's just... It's like uh, you know, medication is what everyone goes to. Meditation is what people should be going to. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes. So the the higher energy you have, the the higher the vibration, and it's almost like we can only penetrate on high positive vibrations. If there's loads of negative vibrations out there, it kind of just swarms it all up. It's almost like oh, yeah. walking into sinking sand, which get drowned. So we can only kind of go out when the water is flowing so we can actually move our legs and the the when people are in say the deepest part of their sleep which is say for example two in the morning that means Mm -hmm. your energy is now freer to go out there it's like there's less negative energy at that time that our brains can now penetrate and bring back hence why for example like me you suddenly become awake at two in the morning when all our parents are getting up in three hours um and Yes, and like people, people on the same vibration are also up at that time. Like my auntie, she's a night owl. Um, she's up at like you know three in the morning. An active brain, and it's like if all the active people are up at that time, and because everyone else's negative vibrations and thoughts activities are down, that's why everyone else is always up at that same time. It's not a coincidence how you know like Simon Cowie always goes to bed like five in the morning. Um, and then he sleeps until 12 because his brain's active. And again, high energy, everyone's asleep. He's able to think because when you're in a room of people and they're thinking and their thoughts, that's draining you. That's taking away your ability to think. If someone's watching you, observing you when you're thinking, for example, you can't think. You know, we've got a friend looking at you and you go, oh, oh fuck's sake. And she's looking at you. She's taking the energy away like quantum physics. She's observing you. She's taking your charge away. So just imagine mm. everyone else is observing everyone consciously, unconsciously. They're thinking about going out for dinner with you. Got to do this. Got to do that. That's just energy coming and flying at you. It's taking away your mm-hmm. job. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, 100% it is. And, and growing up, in, I grew up in a household where um, I definitely believe that I came through the ancestral lineage in my family to help heal a lot of things. And so for a majority of my childhood, I was processing and feeling so much trauma and pain from my parents and I always associated with myself and then into my teens similar to you like where there was periods where it was just so much and so much all the time like that voice and that constant stimulation you just get very tired very very tired and so like it's really really important like you're talking about people kind of taking an energy I think that's why it's so important for people who are you know conscious and awake and are aware of these sort of things that we are taking the time to ground in to do the work that we feel is valuable to us because people can feel that energy, you know, like you can walk into a room with people who might not be, and, and everybody's journey is, you know, sacred. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but I think when you walk into a space and into a room and you are aware of these things and you're authentic and you share them from like a heart space, people listen, like they can feel that energy, you know, like whether they're aware of it or not at that point, they're kind of, they're either choosing to alchemize with your own energy and kind of rise up to that frequency or they, or they get very triggered by it and they run away. And whatever they choose is what they need in that moment. But it's just beautiful that you can be that that sort of pendulum to help people kind of rise up to that frequency. Because I think that's the whole idea of what's happening right now on this earth. Like there's a lot of stuff going on, but I think there is a huge rise in consciousness and awareness. Like people are recognizing that all of these old paradigms, the way that we've been living are no longer serving us and they're not honoring every human being. Like 
right now, like going through school for IIN, like I learned one in five people, even though we have $12 billion invested in our food industry, are still not able to eat. You know, like there's a little bit of, there's something going on with our world right now where we're, we're no, where there's still people who are not getting what they need to have in, in life. And I think like the more work that we do on this stuff and the more we raise our consciousness, the more that we're kind of tied into that unified love frequency, it's, it's pretty magical what can happen. Yes, we've all come from small tribes and we've all got like the own, our own basic needs like food, water, mating, whatever. And then there's another tribe over there, another tribe over there, you know, China, India, Africa, England, Scotland, Australia, whatever. And then we've all like come together. We've, we've traded like survival tips. So we've learned, for example, five tips, how to eat more, how to drink more, how to mate more, how to help yourself from a storm and then over there they've got how to fight against flu how to um how to get you know shade when there's sun so you've got like yep. three survival tips from there three from there but there's two from here you haven't got and two from there you haven't got so it's become imbalanced so you're mm -hmm. trading here but you're forgetting like the basic trades and so you focus on these more and then these the problems occur over here and now it's like you're all depending on each other for your survival but the basic needs are forgotten. So it's like we're trying to, yep. you know, with loads of food, but not still not enough food. Medication to help people with disease. But then it's medication that's creating people, keeping people in disease because they can heal themselves. So it's like yep. you're trying to do good, but by doing good, you're forgetting stuff, which is creating bad. And it's not that people are doing bad on purpose. All they are, there's obviously both. But it's like the basics are already here. And... Yep. It's interesting because if it wasn't social media, when we said there's like a mass awakening, there's eight billion humans on the planet. Is there a mass awakening? Like what does a mass mean? Does it mean one percent of the world? Does it mean like like what does the mass mean? Like, as you said, all this is already here on a local level. It's just when you go out into the world, you think, oh, my God, someone in Canada knows this. Someone in Australia knows. Mm -hmm. this. It's like my mm -hmm. neighbor knows this, but I've never had a chat with them. So. Is it a mass? Is it becoming more aware? Or is it that everything's online? So it seems like it's really big, but really it isn't. Or mm. is the answer just to help yourself and, and literally lead an example and like how evolution is, it will just follow? Just my thoughts. <laughs> oh, I think that's super interesting. Very interesting perspective. I think that it probably has something to do with it, definitely. Like I definitely noticed um, having been kind of pretty active in the online world over the last couple of years, sort of building what I've been building, that um, it's very easy to almost get this sort of ego lens on spirituality um, because there's so many people sharing so many things and so many downloads and so many insights and stuff. I really think like the process of like mass awakening, if I was going to say it's anything, is a process of remembering. Um, people just sort of remembering who they were prior to all of their trauma, all their experiences that have altered the way that they perceive and interact with the world around them. And sort of we're tying back into that higher level of consciousness, that soul aspect within ourselves. Um, I think that's what, like, because I really, I think that everybody is masters in their own way of certain things. If we were able to get to a level where we could cut out the outside stimulation, which is almost near impossible, even for myself, I struggle with that too. But if there was a way that we could sort of cut out the outside stimulation and really tapped into what our true gifts are and master those gifts and honor those gifts. If everybody was able to kind of do that and tap into themselves, then we could all live in, in cohesion, I think, on this earth. Like, I truly do believe that everybody here has a purpose. Um, and I think that, like, 
even though there is a lot of duality of light and dark, like really, if you go even past that lens, it really everything just is. And if you sort of set that intention that everything is happening um, for the highest good and for the highest evolution of like of humanity, it takes a lot of weight off your chest, I find. But the mass awakening, I, I think, to be honest with you, probably has a lot to do with both. I think it has like I think more people are aware because of mass media, like because of sharing things. But I don't know if people fully understand what's actually going on. And there's just so many things that people are saying are happening that like there's so many different platforms saying that this is happening or this is going on about what. It, so it's hard to know, like what to take from it all. You know what I mean? Like what resonates for you about what's happening? I for me, like there's so many different things. Um, what what I find amazing is that um, I've lost my thought. It happens. <laughs> it's out in the cosmos now. <laughs> oh yeah. So um, what I've realised right is that nothing really does exist because when you observe it, it changes, and what you want doesn't exist. And then when you get there, it's not how you thought. And so like what what really is real is right now. It's almost like you have a lovely plant or lovely a bird that flies in the garden, right? When you, you should look at that bird and be like, this is an amazing bird. I'm going to watch that bird for as long as I can because I've never seen this bird before. It's amazing. Instead, we're like, oh, my God, got to get my phone, got to Google this bird. And then the bird fucks off and then you can't find it on Google. And it's like a, you never see it again. It's like always chasing this thing after the fact. It's almost like if only I had done this or learning from a mistake next time. It's like just being present and accepting that this really is all that there is. Like as hard as it is, we've got calendars and going out your friends next week and Christmas time and Nan's birthday on the fourth, whatever. It's just, okay. Reality is that hopefully that does happen, but that might not happen. Like for example, lockdown, everyone's plans disappeared, gone. Okay. Coronavirus literally could wiped out everyone gone. So all your energy that you spent at present in the past, planning holidays, planning the future, planning Christmas, you're wasting energy in that moment, planning stuff that probably won't ever happen. 20% of it might happen. So 80% of your thoughts at present are just a waste of time. If you put that into everyday experience, 80% of your thoughts are a waste of time because it doesn't exist. And it's just you feeling like you have control over your life and future by planning and thinking now reality is that when you get there it's not the same and it mm. changes so like 80 percent of people's consciousness is just it's in their head like 80 percent in their head every single day if they take away future stuff as i said have do something now and have in your back of your mind what you're going to do next like what you're going to do tomorrow like don't analyze it and write everything out like okay i'm going to see john tomorrow that is it don't worry about how am I going to get to John's house if there's trains running. Go and Google now. Check the trains. Go and Google tomorrow. The chances are he'll just be like, hey, uh, I'm actually driving past. I'll pick you up. So you would have spent all that time Googling how to get to John's house with the train. And then John happens to drive past. So hmm. everyone hmm. is spending so much time now. It's wasted on stuff that doesn't it doesn't exist. And yet if they didn't, if they came out of their head 80% of the time, they see all this amazing stuff like birds and planes and stuff like that and a butterfly in the garden. And they'll be so in awe of that butterfly that they won't need to get their phone out, check what breed it is. They're present. It's almost like when you say the love of your life walks past and then you're like, oh, my God, that's him. It's, it's all about, oh, I need to find him. Hopefully I meet him again. It's like the universe will bring him back round if he's supposed to be 
in your life at that time. The time, yeah. if he's here, he's here now to spend time with you at that moment. It doesn't mean he's going to come back around and be here forever. Learn something from that person. See the traits you like in somebody. See the things you don't like in somebody. He might not, that, that's the vision of the perfect man based on what you want in a perfect man. That's bollocks. It's just here now. <laughs> Embrace that now. That is all that ends. Like that is really all that is real. And I have truly learned mm. that no matter what I think exists, it doesn't. There's always something else that makes me realize I was wrong. So it's like, okay, I'm really smart, but I know that I'm, I'm smart enough to know that kind of what I don't, what I know I don't know. Because things always change. Things are always right. Red wine's good. Red wine's bad. Eight hours sleep's good. Eight hours sleep's bad. Can't have carbs. Can't have carbs. Fat's good. Fat's bad. God exists. God doesn't exist. You know, mm. fucking flu. Everything is this <laughs> or that. So when you realize, okay, yeah. so no matter what I do, it's the opposite. And it's the opposite to them. And it's, it's like politics, Republicans, whatever. That literally says that my perception of my belief is what I saw here. That is it. What you saw mm -hmm. was relevant there. It's not relevant here. And it's only relevant now. It's like, it could rain now, but then tomorrow it could be sunny. So I've got to get a brolly now in case it rains tomorrow, but then it never rains again the rest of my life. So really, mm -hmm. what is real is right now. And as you said, because we are humans and we're smart, we can have a calendar. Yeah, you can think, okay, I'm going to go see Jessica, go for a party. I need to get a dress. But then we'd spend a whole life in that moment now, planning the dress, what colour it's going to be, fucking like wait till that happens and then get the dress and then you realize you don't even need a dress because you don't end up going out <laughs> i feel you be open open to the medicine from each experience present experience yeah we do live in the past a lot especially like when i work with clients especially who have a lot of trauma uh, and pain that they're processing through like so many like a lot of people don't realize that we actually live within that trauma. so if you go through a traumatic experience for instance and you're three years old or you're four years old some people get so stuck in that physical experience that they're living their life as if they were four years old when they're 25 and they can't get past it. And then they're missing all these like beautiful experiences that life's continuously trying to show them because anything that you go through in life is a catalyst for growth and for experience, like you said. So like, you know, sitting out in the garden in the present moment, looking at the butterfly, like that moment is exactly what you needed. You know, if you just honor that moment, then you won't see it go by without. And I, and I've been guilty for that too. Like, not being present, especially because of social media. Like when I was younger, you know, on Instagram, like I want to take pictures of everything so I'd have content to share. And sometimes in doing so, I would look at the picture and I couldn't actually physically remember the moment. Like, what did it smell like? What did it sound like? What did it look like? Who was I with? Because I was so focused on just capturing that one piece so I wouldn't forget it instead of actually experiencing it. I have a question for you in regards to that. So a lot of stuff's going on right now about like manifestation and visualization, and like creating your reality and all these things you want to attract into your life. How do you think that that ties into the present moment? Do you think that sometimes we as individuals get so caught up in the aspect of wanting to create something that we feel is in alignment with ourselves that we almost do a disservice to ourselves if we focus on that too much? It's almost like when you want something, um, you get like that feeling of of like it's already here. So that excitement, like Christmas, like you want Christmas now, six weeks before Christmas is here. Uh, whereas if we suddenly woke up and it was like Christmas is here, the energy will skyrocket up and then it will just go back to normal. Whereas when we think about Christmas, that feeling of what it would feel like becomes that present. But we look around and it's not here. So it's like confusing our body. So like mm. Amazon, um, you order from Amazon and it says it will be here tomorrow. You just can't wait 
until it's here. But if you knew it was going to take 30 days, you'd let it go, forget about it, and then you wouldn't be focusing on it. So when you focus on it, it's almost like, I want it now, but it's the perception of it can come now. That's why you're focusing on it. If you didn't know you're supposed to come now, it wouldn't exist. And so it's a feeling of kind of controlling that that feeling, like smoking, for example. A person can be in a like having a great time, I don't know, water skiing or jumping out of a plane, and you realize, fuck, I've not had a fag for eight hours. Whereas if he's sitting at home doing fuck or watching TV, the brain is going to be like cigarette and it remembers that feeling and it hasn't got that feeling, so he has to do it to get that feeling. So now his brain's like, okay, I'm happy now. Um, so, you know, that's why when you focus on something, you push it away. Um, it is complex. It's, it's many different things. It's not just one. It it's multiple. Um, and that's something I've also realised is that everything is multidimensional. It's not black or white. It's not even grey. There's like mo- many levels of grey. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, 100% it does. There is so many levels of grey. There's like no, like you said, there's really no like right way to do things because there'll always be like a right or a wrong to any situation, like no matter what perspective someone's looking at it. So it's really just like doing what feels genuine to you. I think like when it comes to, because I do have some sort of like big goals and aspirations for myself, but what I try to do is I set the intention of what I want to create and I release it and I just accept the fact that like I know that I am the creator of my reality and if I set that intention and I set it out and I just like stay present and then just honor what is coming up in the present moment that it will eventually align with me when the timing is right but you said like the more that you focus on something sometimes the more you push it away because it's almost coming from like a fear right it's coming from that like fear energy like I need to hold on to this memory or this thing because if I don't do it it's going to run away from me I'm never going to have it so I got to hold on to it out of fear and in doing so you're actually putting more energy um, away from the thing that you want most whereas if you just sort of come from a place of love like I want to create this you set it out to the universe set that intention you release it and then you just go about doing your day-to-day stuff that you feel is honoring it like it's more likely to come because you're embodying that like genuine like love and joy and and all of those feelings that it goes with it I find anyway that's that's my own take on it if you imagine like stars in the in the in the universe right uh so looking back you can say that this star traveled from here and got to here because of the magnetic force that was there so if you go back in time that star was actually over here and so now if you kind of go back in time and watch it go forward you realize it traveled from here to there so it was always going to do it so if it happened kind of looking back then you know looking forward then that if that star's here it's probably going to end up over there it's like having a piece of string and you have laser eyes if you look at that piece of string the rope that the, the string cuts it sets a light like it it sets a light and it and the rope's destroyed so when you're not looking that rope is there so you know the things you want in our life is already there but when you look at it you cut the rope and it sets a light and the more you observe it the more fire that rope's gonna create because you're like laser beaming that rope the more it's gonna set a light so the more you focus on it the more you ruin what you want which is that piece of string so you look away and you say, John, is, is that rope there? He says, yeah, it is there. Fantastic. So physically, we have to take action. So, you know, if you want to be an artist, you can't just envision me being an artist and not drawing. Like there's physical action we have to take. So you draw the photos. And then maybe if you want to um, have it up in an art gallery, you'd send it off to art galleries. So that's the physical side. The other side is just 
visualizing that somebody who say works for an art gallery or whatever is going to come into your life and then you walk in a dog and then she's in the park and then that and then she said you got a poo bag and she goes yeah so what do you do oh i'm an artist oh i'm an art gallery person oh fantastic that's the universe um, bringing someone into your life via energy so it's energy and physically it both has to happen like law of attraction is the law of attract action like the action is that half of the attract um so yeah it, it, it's both but like as i said the, the planet is going to go there whether you like it or not if you are a certain vibration and you're good enough to be an artist to have your art in an art gallery you're going to be in an art gallery so it's only mm. a matter of time that it's going to happen so that's like the that planet is is going to go there over time you're going to have your art in the art gallery that string is there just it, just it's going to be there when you want it there's no time so imagine the string when you look is your art in the gallery when you look the ropes there the arts in the gallery move on to the next thing whereas when you look at the rope too long it's like worrying shit am i not good enough unconsciously yeah. that's because you know you're not really a good enough artist to be in the gallery so that's your gut saying the reason why you have to focus on it because you know deep down you're not going to get it so that's one aspect and the other aspect is if you don't trust it's going to happen then you're trying to use your conscious mind to take you left where the bus stop is because you think there's an art gallery there so if anyone's getting the bus she's going to go there so you're physically going over there but actually she went to the shop at supermarket afterwards and the mm. nearest bus stops over there so the energy trusting your gut would have taken you there so we we fuck up our own destiny by by trying to control it uh, <laughs> i feel you and it's funny too how our ego plays such a big part in that right like it's not necessarily the enemy but it's just like part of us that that human part of us that's that's there to kind of keep us safe and so it'll make us doubt ourselves and like have those I don't, I don't know what your sort of thoughts on ego are but I really do I don't like for a long time I used to be angry with my ego like I used to feel like it was like the enemy um but I've learned that it's just a, a big part of who I am like the ego is part of that human experience when you can learn to recognize like when it's your ego communicating with you and say you know listen like I appreciate you trying to protect me, but I'm good. You know, like I don't need you to to fill me with all of this like doubt and fear because I know that I'm doing what's right. It's it's interesting like learning to distinguish between like intuition and fear because I find that both sometimes internally feel very similar in the way that they like. For me, I usually get a lot of feelings like within my like lower abdomen area. Sometimes I'll get sweaty on my skin, goosebumps, things like that. But I've had both responses when it came to fear, like actually physically being scared of a situation that I needed to be aware of and my intuition have you found that like you've had to distinguish between the two because it's been a big process for me like learning the difference between what both feel and and when they're coming up and why they're coming up so yeah it's, it's like trying to distinguish so when you think about somebody are you thinking about them because they just thought about you or are you thinking about them because something triggered off of them in your surroundings and the answer is you there is no way to know like it's in your brain it's one it's a thought there's no way to know it's almost like if you've got a triangle here and a triangle here if you ting it the other one's going to go off but you don't know which triangle will set the other one off so it you it is hard and the only reason you the only way you can kind of provide proof is if if you call that person as soon as you think about them and then they say oh my god i was just thinking about you and then you try and realize okay when i was focusing on say my dog she came into my head and has there's no reason why she needs to because I'm feeding my dog. That means it was because of her. But for example, if you're in your bedroom and you know there's, I don't know, an alcohol bottle on the side which you went partying with her, then that's probably you thinking about her. In terms of the, the that feeling between gut, 
it is a battle still, right, to try mm. and distinguish my gut feeling, which is the feeling, and my own ego counteracting it. So, for example, as I said, when you observe something, you collapse it. As soon as I observe my gut feeling rather than just going with it, it collapses. So now I'm then trying to observe which is the right feeling, and it's all mm. fucked up. It's almost like you just have to jump off that cliff and trust you'll be okay. It's already happened. If I'm standing there, I'm I'm, I'm questioning myself, and it's it's, it's fucked. It, it it's 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 fucked basically. And you know, <laughs> with magicians and hypnosis people, they always say, whatever comes to your mind, chop and change a few times. There's a reason why they say change your mind a few times. Now the magician may say it's so you don't feel like I've influenced you because you've chopped and changed yourself. But really, the science behind it is, is that when they put a thought into your mind, you're trying to think what it might be. And by chopping and changing allows other thoughts to come in, which is the energy that he's put out there. So it is hard to differentiate what is feeling of this is right versus the feeling of this is right because I want it to be right. For example, I've got a twin flame. I was convinced she's my twin flame. But then she basically says that she is not. So it's like, OK. Did I want it so bad that I blinded my own gut feeling mm, saying it wasn't mm-hmm. her? Or is she? But Twin Flame is the, it's not just because I want it now. She's in my life for the future. So just because I haven't got it now doesn't mean it's not going to be for the future. So it's like having that rope. That rope's there. That's that's like in five years' time. You've not even drawn the fucking painting yet. So why would you <laughs> observe that and burn the rope with your eyes when it doesn't even exist? Like, just because I wanted her in my life now... That's just because she's not here now doesn't mean she's not here for the future. So it's like that feeling of feeling right versus the feeling of I want it to be right. It clouds your feeling. And it is very hard even for me to differentiate the feeling between gut and what's right and versus gut and what I want to be right. It is difficult. And it's a thing I have to. It doesn't end. Like No matter how smart you are, Jesus, Mark, Buddha, me, you. It's a thing that you can only learn to to manage you no one's ever going to be like okay i can trust my gut all the time it's you learn through the past experiences how to trust that that gut there is literally no way you have to constantly manage it's like having a having a kid you have to constantly manage them and and help them and teach them like that's it until they're obviously adult whatever but it's a constant process like working on yourself it's a constant thing working out whether gut is right or not it's a constant thing. And sometimes it's right, sometimes it's wrong. It's like when I do crypto trading, I knew I should be holding onto a coin and then I cash out and put it into another coin. That coin goes up, this coin stays the same. And yet I knew I should have waited. My gut said I should have waited, but then my gut said, go into that one, it might go up. So mm. if my gut says wrong and gut says right, what the fuck is gut? It's, it's a mixture of feeling of what you want versus what you should know. And it's that battle of, as you said, ego versus come on, do it. Take a risk. Entrepreneur, take a risk versus nope. We've been through this. Every single fucking time you do this, that coin goes up and you're back to square one. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. Well, and I think and I think, too, like uh, uh, because like the work that I do, like our gut instinct can be skewed too, right. Like if you've spent most of the majority of your life sort of living in a state of fear or not being conscious, like being unconscious, and, and so many people are, um, you you don't know, even know what your gut feeling is. Like you might have experienced it a billion times in many different situations, but you've just become so good at not acknowledging that part of yourself or just kind of like pushing it to the side that 
that in that distrust, you've shown yourself that you don't trust your gut instinct. And so it just doesn't predominantly show up in the same ways that it used to. I had to like relearn what my gut instinct was. And it, like you said, it does. And it sometimes my gut tells me like the complete opposite of what I'm, I'm thinking it should. And I don't understand what that might be. You know, say for instance, like we're talking about relationships. Like I was um, seeing a guy for a period of two months and, and I, you know, in my head, like checked off all of these boxes, all of these like little things that I'd written down on a sheet of what I wanted to attract with in my like twin flame and soulmate. Cause that we were told to do this stuff, right? Like make a list of what you want, you know, characteristics, the way you want them to look, so how you want them to treat you. And so I made this like big, really detailed list thinking I was doing myself a service and someone showed up quite instantaneously and, you know, I'm going through the boxes and checking up all these boxes. And then, but my gut was like, no, like, no, this isn't good. And like, so it came to a period where it was like for three or four days where it was so, it was getting to the point where I was almost getting nauseous. Like I was like, what? Like, and I, you know, and I just kept trying to run away from that feeling. And I'm like, is that my gut? Or is that like my fear of being in a relationship and not trusting people and like not allowing people to come in? Like, is that a feared response because I don't want to go through that experience of pain again? Or was that actually a gut, my gut instinct telling me, no, this isn't the person you're meant to be with? Even though I know, obviously, at that present moment, like that experience was what I needed. You know, was that sort of like a long lasting kind of relationship? And it's really hard to distinguish between the two. Like, I'm sure that you've probably experienced that as well. And this whole like, twin flame soulmate thing because it's so prevalent right now on the earth like everyone's talking about connecting with their twin flames and their soulmates and um a lot of people I found too recently like in sort of the online community and stuff have said that right now like with the the rays in consciousness on the earth that a lot of people are going to find their soulmates and their twin flames but I from my own personal experience I find that those kind of things like you said like they're almost part of like our soul contract like they're they're very much like these individuals who are derived part of our past. So if we flow within ourselves and we honor ourselves in the present moment, whatever that might look like, we're much more likely to attract those experiences and bringing those individuals into our life than if we're not doing it, you know? Because I think you can probably, you could, I'm sure I've probably met my soulmate a billion times, but I haven't been in the right space in order to, to be in that kind of relationship. Like I still had more experiences I had to go through in order to, to really be at that level, you know, same with you in this twin flame who you feel that like you've met, you know, like you're talking about like this could be someone who's meant to be your twin flame five years from now. But the more that you've observed just that and thinking that idea, the more you've pushed it away. It's kind of the same concept. <clears throat> so, yeah, so gut feeling, for example, you could say that it feels or the at decision you knew you should have made looking back. You say, oh, my God, I knew I shouldn't have done that. So looking back, you knew you shouldn't have done it. So the gut feeling is that the outcome I wanted didn't happen, but could have happened if I trusted my gut. And then you've got the other gut, which is the same gut, which is the feeling, <laughs> that feeling of it doesn't feel right. For somebody who's in fear, you know, as you said, someone who's lived in fear, negative vibration all their time, all they know is that that feeling. So in terms of the energy scale, positive and negative, it's just a feeling that that person's used to. So somebody who stays in their house for, say, 10 years and doesn't go out and then somebody says, let's go to the pub. Oh, my God, so I shouldn't go to the pub. Why? Because the energy will be different. So it doesn't feel right. So that that is her gut. That is correct. Mm -hmm. That's her gut. OK, but mm -hmm. then, for example, she knew she shouldn't leave the window open before she went to bed and a big bird flew in and stole her cat. I knew I should should have shut the window. My gut says I should have shut the window. That's both a gut feeling. The gut feeling of what I wanted to happen didn't happen 
because I didn't do this and I knew we should have done it versus the feeling of I knew this doesn't feel right. So, so again, it's the same thing, but it's different based on like kind of the, the level of vibration you're on. Does that make sense? Oh, hundred percent. You can have like, you can have exactly. You can literally have the same experience. Like you and I are in this experience right now in this podcast, right? We're doing this together, but your perception of this experience might be completely different than my perception of this experience, even though we're in the same experience together, which is just like wild. It's so crazy. Like, I don't know if you uh, follow Activation Vibration, a woman named Heather, but she, um, in her transmissions, she talks about how she's in, in her present moment sharing that transmission. And then she talks about how you're going to be receiving this transmission at a different time, but it's the same time because this moment is still happening presently. And it's just so crazy because you, we, like, there's just so much to it, I think, in this human experience that for myself, like it, it can be kind of overwhelming a little bit. Like, I don't know about you, but sometimes there's some days where I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't want to do all of this work today. But like, I read this quote from a healer I used to work with years ago, and I think it's really beautiful. It says, what you know, you can't outrun and what you uh, know will always follow you. So that idea of like that awareness of like understanding all of these things, like the more that we try to run away from it just because we don't want to deal with it or we don't want to have to integrate that practice or go through that experience, the more that it's going to follow us as well, too. So you can't really you can't run away from what you know. You just have to be conscious and like do the work and and live presently and do the best that you can every day. And But sometimes you will mess up like I've messed up so many times but I've actually learned more from my mistakes than I have from my triumphs. Do you find that as well? Do I find that as well? Yeah, like, do you, do you find, like, I've, I've, I'm always curious about this, because, like, for me personally, like, I find that I do, even though I try to consciously make the, you know, my gut decision, make the right choice in any sort of situation, I do find that in those moments where, you know, maybe I didn't make the right choice, or I didn't always do the, you know, what might be presently, like, the right choice in that moment, I'm still learning a lot from those experiences. See, I'm always analyzing. I don't analyze the future. I analyze looking back. So I've done all my analyzing when I was younger, right? I used to analyze fucking every single damn thing, right? Like, like anyway. So yeah, so I always analyze looking back so I can improve for the future. Now, I will only analyze if something happens that I didn't want to happen. And it's mm-hmm. almost like if you keep analyzing, you'll get to this perfect place where everything flows, everything happens as you want it. And it's like, no. It doesn't. There's still going to be 50-50 of this could happen versus this. And if you take that path, then all this shit unfolds. And if you take that path, it's all peaceful. It's a constant balance, like every single moment. If I do this, this is going to happen. If I do this, this is going to happen. But what's going to be like the better path with the less shit or the most positive? It's almost like if I put money on this number in the roulette, I'm going to get this amount back. But if I do this, I'm going to get this amount back. But the odds are more which means I'm more likely for that to come in, even though I might get less. It's a constant analyzing of what's going to be the best path. And um, um, there probably there probably really isn't like a right or wrong path, really. Yeah. Everything is in our brain, like every single thing is in our brain like if we were just energy we'd already be attracting to the exact opposite vibration that we are were whatever so kind of like the job's already done like you've gone through life which is to become whole which is to find your vibration find your twin flame done physically we're put on this earth because of planes and schools and cars and trains and 
foreign people coming over and having given birth here all our energies are fucked so like astrocartography mm-hmm. like the lo- geographic location of your vibration essentially we have to undo where we are and go back to where we should be essentially um so you know all the issues you had growing up you've got to neutralize them counteract them why was i like this because my parents were like this why were they like that well my dad came from africa and i live in america the energy is different the culture is different the vibrations different mm-hmm. he's with american vibration but he's an african vibration and their evolution from the jungle is only say a thousand years ago as americans it was only say 400 years ago so the vibration yeah. is different the biology is going to be different so you're kind of undoing all the things that don't resonate with you so you have this feeling of like I know what freedom is. I know what it's like to be free. I'm staying up at night time because I feel more in tune when I go back to work and this happens. You're trying to like undo everything. So you remove these friends. You eat these foods. You still watch this TV. You counteract your mum saying you shouldn't be doing this. It's like, why should I be doing this? And you counteract everything so everything matches your conscious mind. So you're in harmony to your thoughts. So it's almost like having an organized garage so you know where everything is, right? Yep. You're kind of just ordering everything outside based on what it should be in your head. And if everyone mm-hmm. else doesn't have an orderly garage or believe all this nonsense that whatever is real, like chicken has to be 100% piping hot. It's like, why, why would you think that? Well, but it's just what it is. Well, who the fuck taught you that? And they don't even know themselves, right? So, yeah, you're just undoing yeah. everything and aligning yourself up geographically, like astrocartography, don't even know about that, where your energy is so you could say what your twin flames are and your soulmates are because if they're if they're where all their opposite energies are and you are that energy it's like well how do i make enough money to get a flight to go over there and then you've got to go to school go to get a job save up get a bank that is like physically undoing everything just so you can end up being there it's a constant a lot of work it is a lot of work and you talked about two different things there one you talked about inner child healing which is like such vital work that a lot of people have to be aware of and do because we uh, you know especially when you if you're brought into a family where there are significant amounts of like trauma and pain and like things that you're having to process through it's that process of unlearning what is no longer serving you when it's become such a big part of the subconscious beliefs that you have like it's crazy that we operate from this like you know 10% of our conscious mind and then we have 90% of our subconscious mind and 90% of our subconscious mind which most people aren't aware of is what actually dictates how we interact with the world around us so it's like actually like understanding what your subconscious beliefs are based on your experiences or what you might have went through and and working on recreating those new neural passageways so that you can kind of reprogram the way that you process the world. That's like really what all this work is, but it's so, so, so hard. And then also like challenging your perception as well, too, because we live in this sort of like dogma society now where, you know, like say, for instance, you know, we're talking about like meditation being, you know, this very like healing and powerful thing because we've experienced that. Whereas like someone might have meditated and found it to be an awful experience. And so for them, like us going around saying that this is a beneficial activity, like it helps with your, you know, gray matter, helps connect better to your higher self. This person could very well be going around saying like, this is an awful experience. This experience brought up so much negative stuff for me. It wasn't good for me. I don't honor it. I don't like it. And then anybody else who had that same experience is now going to perceive it in that way. So it was just this like, you're right, you're wrong kind of perspective. Where I think it's like really beautiful when you can be open enough as an individual. And I think that's really what the definition of like spirituality is versus religion, because there's no confines that close off what can resonate for you. Like if you're willing to be open to the experience, I'm always wanting people to challenge my perspectives. Like I love it when people call me out, like, 
I don't agree with what you're doing or I don't like with what you said. I love that. Those are the kind of conversations I want to have because I want my perspectives to be challenged. I want to become like a well-rounded human being that's loving and accepting of that unified source, right? And that means that like the more that I challenge myself and like my, you know, this sort of this umbrella that I've created to expand and to open up to the heavens, like the more that I'm willing to just open myself up in that way and challenge myself and be called out on my own shit, the more that I can grow. But we're so terrified of being wrong or being judged for being wrong that so many of us just like immediately address things with sort of aggression and anger. Like, no, you must be wrong. Like you, you can't be right about this. And we like hold on to that, that form of identity that we created for ourselves because it's the only form of power that we've ever found when really like nobody really is anything. We're all just energy and we're all the same energy. We're all just vibrating at different frequencies. It's wild. Um, so yeah, it's like, when, when I was at present, when I was diagnosed with Tourette's when I was 12, on the system it says, diagnosed with Tourette's, give them this medita- medication, right? No one told me to stop. No one, no one checked up, no doctors. Like, it, it doesn't, it's, it, it's, it's crazy. It's almost like if I hadn't used my own initiative, I'd be 50, still going to get that prescription. Yeah. So it's like, who's responsible for me? Is it the doctor, the government? Is it for me? Okay, so I shouldn't go off without doctors um, saying I should. Okay, well, they're obviously not going to say I should because like, that's just not what it is. I'm twitching, medication solves twitching. So they're not going to say. So therefore, I can't make my own decision because I'm not supposed to be a doctor. So it's like, who is really running the joint here? And the answer is, no one's doing anything. It's just like, it's just what it is. And at the end of the day, if it affects your life, you have to take responsibility. For example, if someone had cancer and say they were 20 years old, right? And they're 60 years old. Cancer was 40 years ago. On that medical report, it would say has been diagnosed with cancer. So unless you update it saying his cancer disappeared or he died, you look on that, you'd see, oh, he's got cancer. He must still have cancer because, you know, it doesn't it stays there forever. He's got Tourette's. He must still have Tourette's. He's got one leg. He must still have one leg. Nobody expects a leg to grow back. And it's like that was then doesn't have any relevance to tomorrow or the future childhood trauma for example if somebody says like my parents did they told me no like you can't do that okay okay so that's at present i'm that same person at present as i would be when i'm 80 so if i'm told no i can't get excited when the ice cream man comes for the rest of my life i will not get excited when the ice cream man comes because my brain is still the same when the ice cream man comes mom says don't get excited you're like a twat okay so I've, I've, I'm, I'm that person tomorrow. Ice cream man comes tomorrow and I'm, say, four. I don't get excited. Then I'm five, then I'm six, then I'm seven, then I'm eight, then I'm 40, then I'm 20, then I'm 50, then I'm 60. Then I have kids. Don't get excited when the ice cream man calls. <laughs> Why? Just don't. And then that child has followed your bullshit pattern and you have no yeah. idea why. So, yeah, you have to undo every single knot in your brain. Like every time my mum says something that is bollocks, I'm like, who's your source? Where the fuck did you hear that? Oh, you know, they say, who the fuck is they? Father Christmas? Who is they? And I keep pressuring her to go back to find that source. It was on TV. Who said it? Oh, this person. Who is this person? Oh, you know, and eventually you kind of hit a brick wall. Where I'm not seeing clue what she's saying yeah. or where she got it from. It's, it was yeah. on Facebook. Oh, and was it, what website was it? Some bullshit website for clickbait. So yeah, you have yeah. to undo everything that isn't real now because it was not real day before which is connected to the day before which is connected to your parents and what they were saying you're a child and your brain is the same person 
when you were two, when you were 90, you just choose to be more mature because everyone's more mature in the office and you've got to be professional. Everyone's that child. They just choose to hide it because you're called childish if you if you're riding an electric scooter at 30. I've got an electric scooter. I've had this since I was 13. I just go on my scooter. I scoot around at night time. I'm 30 years old. I'm still that 18 year old kid. And I say, I'm going to be 80 going to the shop to get a newspaper, not the newspaper, but, you know, going to the shop to get some milk yeah. when I am 80. Because you don't change. You're the same damn person in your head. Yeah. I agree with you. I resonate so much with what you're saying in regards to the medication thing, too, because I was the same way. Like, I was 12 years old. That, that age is a magical number. That comes up a lot for people, I find. But I was 12 years old, diagnosed with a severe anxiety disorder, diagnosed with chronic depression, put on, like, four different medications for, like, five years, became a zombie, um, couldn't cry at my own grandfather's funeral, just, like, crazy, crazy stuff. And then it, it's the same thing. Like, I... I when I told my mom that I w wanted to try different alternatives to taking my medication, that I was tired of living in this way. And I'm not saying that medications don't have their part. Like I, I work in the holistic health field. So I always encourage like a holistic approach first, but I'm, I'm sure that there are many occasions where pharmaceutical medications do have to come into play. Um, but for me personally, like I just noticed that I needed, I needed something different. And so like, it was, like you said, it's just that process of like recognizing when you want to have a change. And, but you'll, it's funny because there, you'll, there's still people in my life who identify me as the girl who has severe anxiety and depression, even though who I am presently is very much a very different human being than the 12, 13 year old girl who was going through that experience that had that level of, of anxiety and depression, you know? And it's like you spent, and I've, I've, I'm done spending time trying to defend myself and pretend like, you know, because at first I used to get so angry, like, I'm not that person anymore. Like, what are you saying to me? Like, leave me alone, you know, like, but now it, I'm in that place now. Where it's like, listen, this is just who I am now. You know, like, if you can't, you know, if, if you still want to see me in that lens, that's fine. Because I know that I'm different, you know, and you just have to honor it. So, for example, I'm 27 living at home. I'm building my online empire by doing the podcast. My goal is to travel the world, put on a speaking event, teach people, people come watch me speak. To my neighbours who grew up with me with the keeper Tourette's, right? They're thinking, oh, he's got Tourette's. Maybe he can't get a normal job. Okay, so understandable. Maybe he's living at home at 27, can't get a job because he's, he's got a condition. He's got a disease, right? He's got an illness. So it's like someone's dyslexic or the Down syndrome. They can't do certain things. Oh, he's got Tourette's. Maybe that's why, you know, all, all everyone else at school, they've got a job. They've got a mortgage. They've got a girlfriend, a boyfriend. They've got a fucking dog. They've got a baby. Happy families, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why. And it fascinates me because I know, for example, they think that, People don't change because they haven't changed and life is what you are. What you are at school, you're going to be the same. I, for example, occasionally see people who I went to school with. It's like they're dead. Like, I'm, it's just like it never even happened, like school days. And I'm thinking to myself, are they thinking, oh, that's the kid with Tourette's? Or, oh, um, like they see you as that, the girl with depression, that kid with Tourette's. It's like, holy shit, you are the exact same person as you were. You've not even changed. I've been reborn a billion times. And yet, I'm to myself, yeah. oh, maybe he can't get a job because of his Tourette's. It's like, what fucking Tourette's? Tourette's <laughs> was dead. It isn't here now. It was a name to define what was the symptoms of something then. Not now. You've no fucking yep. clue. I am building an empire. I can't go to work and do four podcasts a week. You're having a laugh, right? So it's like the opposite is happening. Yet they're convinced that. That is real because they believe it is real because the majority believe that is real. 
it is fascinating to understand as you said you don't get angry about these people you kind of feel sorry for them the fact that they're not as wise and aware as you but yeah, yeah. when i think about it like that i see a neighbor walking past i'm thinking i wonder if they're thinking oh it's got Tourette's, had Tourette's for whatever, still has Tourette's, whatever. That's why. It's fascinating. It's like, it fascinating. you've no idea that, you've no idea. Like, it's just, it's just fascinating. I can't even explain it any different. It is. Have you ever looked at a picture of yourself from the past and you don't even recognize yourself anymore? You so honor I yourself. Up, I, don't, I don't, I don't believe in pictures because if, for example, you put up a picture that was of a time there and then, because I'm constantly growing as a person, you can't look back at the old you because it makes you feel weird because it wasn't you. Most people, they stay the same. So, you know, you've got a picture of your your brother. Mum's got a picture of your brother when he was 18 and she'll have that when, when he's 30, for example, because most people stay the same. But when I look back at old pictures, because I was constantly evolving and questioning, I was never the same person every single day. And so I see yeah. the pain. I see this fake smile. But I know what I was thinking about, what I was analysing, what I was going through. But yet I see this smile of knowing who I wanted to be. But then knowing, for example, I did a photo shoot when I was 19. I just fallen in love for the first time. I was working out everything, everything. Your parents telling me this and I was seeing this. I did a photo shoot. I wanted to wear this flowery, out of this world patterned top. Okay, and it wasn't normal to my parents. They wanted me to just wear like a normal polo shirt. I went to war to try and to try and wear that top. It's about me being me, me doing what I want to do. Like you telling me at fucking nineteen years old to wear a stupid top. I want to be me because I was always under my parents' thumb for so long. It was like I'd hadn't realised I'd become an adult because I was still listening to them and following their orders, right? So I remember I went to war trying to wear this top, and then on the photo, I'm just like smiling i am it's like you look so happy and like you've got it under control i was working it out but to know what i was thinking what i was going through before and after the journey home is phenomenal because it's like holy shit how can that seem like that when really it isn't so i don't believe in photos unless for example you have completed yourself because if you look at an old photo on facebook and you don't like who you are you're going to run. You shouldn't run. I always say, put photos up of yourself around the house. Fuck your family. Put pictures up of you everywhere you look until you learn to love yourself, until you look at yourself and you think, oh, greasy hair, spotty, whatever, fat chin, lose the weight, eat healthily, remove those spots, perfect yourself by looking at yourself and hating you so you learn to love yourself rather than, oh, I don't like myself, turn off my voice, I don't like watching myself. Don't run from yourself fucking look at yourself and ask yourself why don't i like myself fix it and then bin those photos take new ones put them up again and if you can look at yourself and think fuck me i'm gorgeous jesus christ look at my yeah. jawline bloody hell I'm like i do i look in the mirror yeah and hell, i do too. I, i'm incredible says my parents fuck me i am hot still haven't had a girlfriend but damn i'm hot it's not about whether i'm hot or not it's about me empowering myself because all i can do is empower myself and so now there isn't any photos in the house anymore, by the way, because it was all the past. And until you do new things, nothing really stays the same. But yeah, put mm. them up, look at yourself, love yourself. And then you don't really need photos because you're holding on to like a memory of the past and a photo. If you're so happy at present looking at that butterfly, you only need to take a picture of the damn butterfly because you were there. <laughs> you're like, I know that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to do that. It's a beautiful exercise to do that too. And it's funny, you can feel the shift when you like when you can look at old photos and love yourself. 
you know, I like I, I, what I normally do too is if I have a thought that kind of comes into my mind about like a negative thought towards myself, I immediately make myself sit and say a good thing like 14 times at that photo, sometimes even to the point where I cry because I'm really just trying to like reprogram my mind. Like, no, you know what? It's okay that you thought this, but like, let's redirect this. Let's redirect this into more of a, a positive sort of loving way because self-love's where it's at, baby. We got to love ourselves first before we can love anybody else. That's the thing, right? When somebody shows enormous self-love and confidence, you've got the half of the people that be like, wow, you're so confident. How can I be like you? Then you've got the others who are like so arrogant, cocky. What an arrogant prick. Don't like him. So it's almost like if there's no wrong or right, do you go for the majority of the negatives because the majority wins, for example, like in politics? Or do you go for the positives, which is the ultimate outcome people want, even though there's less majority? It's almost like if I am dancing in the neighborhood i'm making people smile but there's one person who shouts out the window you're making so much noise my kid's sleeping i'm going to call the police the police come down and see look you're distressing this one person can you stop dancing in the street yeah no problem and there's fucking thousands of other people who are loving your vibe and energy this one toxic prick has destroyed everything so it's like there you need this balance um or where am i going with this um, so yeah, self love. I used to look at myself, listen to myself until I learned to love myself and admire myself. And self love should be promoted. You should promote people to, as long as you're not preaching it on people and they say shut up. Right? That's that's annoying. That is arrogant. But a platform like this where I'm saying love who you are, look in the mirror and think yourself. You are fucking amazing. You're beautiful. It doesn't matter whether you are or not or what is beautiful. It's just love yourself. I love myself. I think I'm the most great person on the planet. It's not that I am or I'm not. It's irrelevant. Again, it's about how do you as an individual person make yourself feel the best you can and do that by constantly complimenting yourself. Every time you do something, fuck it, oh, I'm great. Bloody hell, I'm fantastic. <laughs> Every time I do an animal noise or an accent, I go to my dad, bloody hell, I am incredible. I can do every accent, every animal noise. I am fantastic. And it's not about whether I am or not. It just makes me feel good because you can't expect people to compliment you. Compliment yourself. Yep. Always compliment yourself. I love it. Right. Do you want to do you want to end this now? Yes, we can definitely end it okay, now. Plug anything you want to plug or your social medias and your websites and whatever. All right. So my Instagram is the love embodiment. Please do follow. I'm constantly talking. I am a holistic health coach. Um, so for where I work with women specifically who are looking to holistically heal their mind, body and soul. And I use a lot of different modalities, integrative medicine, nutrition, spiritual practice and love. And the whole idea is that we're always returning back to love because that's what we are and it's our highest vibration okay anything else you want to plug um honestly all, all i could say uh, to everybody is is just try to take every day for the beauty that it is um and if there's anything that you can do to honor yourself today just make sure that you take the time for yourself that you need and try to get out in nature that would be my biggest thing to anybody listening to this right now and that i love so you I'll press stop right there and i'll say goodbye hang on If you've enjoyed this episode, I have many more for you to listen to, so go back and have a look at the old ones. Also, make sure that you have subscribed and notifications are turned on so you know when I've released a new one. Follow me on Instagram. Yes, King Oliver. Have a great day.